Hey guys, so uh, we have something new and different for you this week. It is not an episode of Reply All. It's an episode of a new podcast that Alex and I and the Reply All team have made while in quarantine. It is called The Scaredy Cats Horror Show. And the premise is that I'm very scared of scary movies, as we've actually talked about on the show. For a long time, we've wanted to do this thing where Alex would basically curate a list of scary movies, starting at Not That Scary and getting progressively scarier to see if it was possible to cure me of my fear. Um, so that is what we're doing on this podcast. We're watching a bunch of scary movies. It's um, it's brutal. Um, and if you're somebody who either enjoys scary movies and just wants to hear someone be scared of them while they are discussed, you could listen to this podcast. Also, if you're somebody like me who is a scaredy cat, this could possibly be an act of public immersion therapy, hopefully, maybe. Um, so what you're about to hear is the first episode of this new podcast. If you like it, it has its own feed. If you don't like it, that's fine. We'll be back with normal Reply All programming next episode. Um, one last note. So episodes of the show are going to come out on every other Tuesday on Spotify. And then wide release everywhere else on Friday. Every time we do anything that has to do with putting a podcast on Spotify, people sort of freak out. We promise this is not, we're not moving in a direction of Spotify exclusivity. It's just like, if you've ever wondered about how to support or help the show, literally just listening on Spotify, it actually helps us. You don't have to do it. We're not going to make you do it. We're not going to make things really annoying for you, but it helps. Um, so anyway, here you go. First episode. Let's go. So the reason we're here today, Alex, yes, uh, is because for a very long time, something we've talked about is that I'm, I'm too scared of scary movies and have always been too scared of scary movies to watch them at all. Like I derive no pleasure from them. Forever, I was just like, okay, that's fine. That's going to be a, a thing that just skips me. And then a couple years ago, Get Out came out, mm -hmm. and it became such a zeitgeisty thing that it was like, oh, it's so great, you got to see it. It's not that scary, which is what people always say about things that, in fact, are that scary. Um, but I think for the first time, I felt left out and, like, I wanted to be able to watch it. And, like, also, it seems to have sort of augured in this era of, like, really smart, interesting horror movies. And I, I'm, like, feeling a feeling missing out for the first time. So I started looking into it. I read a study that said that you can actually kind of habituate yourself to horror movies by watching them. Oh, it's so cool you read a study. <laughs> Maybe we should introduce our guest, Jason cool, Manzoukas. Such a cool dude thing to do. Vis-a-vis <laughs> -vis horror movies. I know what I should do. Read a study. Um, but the reason that we're doing this is because I actually love horror movies. I I consume horror movies the way some people like consume popcorn when they're when they're at the movie theater. Like I just I will I if I'm if I'm having trouble sleeping, I'll put on a horror movie and lay on the couch and watch it. They're just like I find them nourishing and and like nourishing, nourishing, nourish, <laughs> nourishing. I find them new Rochelle <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just like a joy. And I feel like this is this is the moment I was born for was just to teach PJ how to love horror also. Um, right. And the other reason I'm excited to try to do this and I use the word excited uh, very loosely because uh, as soon as we decided to do this, I was like, why did we decide to do this? But 
we've talked about this on the show. And when we have, I've heard from a lot of people who are also in my boat. And my hope is that we could make something that's like, uh, for people who are like, oh, I want to check out scary movies, it actually gives them like a roadmap. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. So uh, we're going to watch a movie every episode. You're going to pick the movie. And we're going to have guests at least some of the time. Today, our guest is comedian and film buff Jason Mazukas. Hey, um, so I don't know if Jason, are you a scaredy cat or not a scaredy cat? I am not. <clears throat> I will say this I'm not a scaredy cat. Um, in that I don't, you know, um, shy away from horror movies for for being afraid or easily scared. But I am neither like Alex. Horror isn't one of my like genres. It's not it. one of my go to. I'll, I'll, I'll watch stuff, especially stuff that like you're saying, like that kind of percolates through pop culture. But I won't seek out like I won't go and watch you know, Annabelle, the, you know, the, the, the or the, movie. yeah, the, 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 you know, every single Blumhouse movie or every iteration of the, uh, the happenings movies or the vanishings movies or whatever, you know, I don't even know. These are like action figures that nine-year-olds play with. Like none of these <laughs> yeah, specific. So I don't watch me. all that, but like things that like really, um, you know, like, like get out or the Baba Duke or things that are hereditary things that are certainly scary, but are also that aren't just like horror movie. Like I just, I don't get in. And I know the horror people are going to get really like, uh, I know they don't like the phrase elevated horror, I think is a like is is a, is a way that people use to describe those movies. And I think horror fans don't like that because they're saying these are all horror movies. This is all the same. This is just a way for people to act fancy and be like, oh, you like your fancy horror movies right. like your Baba Dukes right. and your hereditaries. But this is you're it's the same. This is the same, you know. I do, as a person who's like, I guess, kind of a snob, or at least like feels left out when I don't get to enjoy a snobby thing, I do, I think I do want to watch, like I'm happy, I'm not happy to do anything. I'm willing to watch all the crap Alex is going to make me watch, but the goal I think is to be able to watch that stuff. The stuff like, like midsummer. like I can't imagine actually watching that, but I'm tired of just like having to s- sort of sit out stuff. Well, so I guess that we should probably, we should probably tell everybody what movie we watched. This is our first episode. Yes. Um, so, so far, this is a disaster. <laughs> this is a rambling, shambling mess, I don't mind saying. It's a real talk podcast. All three of us are professional podcasters, one of whom does a movie podcast already. And this is and this is an absolute disaster. The other thing I was going to say, Jason, is like you, you also watch a lot of B-horror movies because you make a podcast about shitty movies. Correct. Yes, I'm. A, I'm one of the co-hosts of How Did This Get Made, which is a movie podcast about bad movies, not horror movies specifically, but certainly horror movies have been featured, such as Chopping Mall Ooh, or Halloween Three: Season of the Witch. Chopping Mall. Chopping Mall. It's about some people Chopping get trapped in a mall, mall. with uh, killer robots. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's bad. It's really worth it. <laughs> That's an example of like so fun, not really scary at all, but so fun. Right. Uh, so the movie that we watched for our first episode, which uh, I'm worried now that people, I'm, I'm, I'm simultaneously worried a it wasn't scary enough, and b I went too hard too fast was The Exorcist. Um, PJ, I would love to know just what did you think about it. 
Have you? For, I would like to know first. Have you ever seen The Exorcist, PJ? No, I haven't seen. The only horror movies I've seen are horror movies I was either forced to see due to like literally like high school era peer pressure, which is Scream, or I had to watch a few horror movies in college that I couldn't get out of. For, for and school. that's it. Because this is kind of a this is a classic movie, uh, you know, and and a classic horror movie. No, I know. I I was like, it was one of those movies where I was like, I'm never going to see this movie, and I know that people really like it, and I'm just never going to see it. But I, no. yeah, I like this as a starting place because I don't. I mean, I listen. You also contextually have to understand, and I'm so curious, PJ, your thoughts. But this movie was terrifying at the time. Like there was nothing. Like at the time, this was absolutely. A, a phenomenon. I read an article while I was while we were getting this episode ready about a guy who sued the 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 movie production company because he fainted, hit his face on the seat in front of him, and broke his jaw. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's like my brother. <laughs> so, PJ, uh, what'd you think? It was interesting. I kind of had both. Both feelings. I both felt like you threw me too far into the deep end and like it wasn't scary enough, weirdly. Huh. So, because like, I found it, first of all, I was just very scared to watch it. Like I spent, I put it off all week. I put it off all day to day. I literally got down to the wire of like, where I was texting you being like, could we start later? Because I waited until the running time was like two hours and two minutes and we were originally supposed to record at 7.30, and I was like, okay, so that gives me until, like, 5.20, or, like, 5.28. I have until 5.28. And, like, there, there was a while where I, I downloaded, like, the director's cut, which is 10 minutes longer. Yeah, I did, too, and then I had to change it to make the time work. And I was like, I don't want 10 more minutes of scary shit. Like, I'm sure that the 10 extra minutes are more scary shit. Had I been able to weigh in beforehand, I would have, but I would like to now, as... A as the uh, inaugural guest, as you all know, any the first guest on any new podcast gets to make a rule. That's true. Sure. That's true. That's in the podcast constitution. So, PJ, from now on, you have to watch the movies at night. Yeah, you I thought cannot that was watch any of these movies during the day. Sorry, I knew because that was happen. part of what's scary is that when the movie's over, it's dark. Yeah. So so the reason I kind of can't tell how scary it was is I, I cheated in a lot of ways. <laughs> this is the first episode, people. Oh, my God. Why would people tune in? Why well, would people keep tuning in? When I say cheated, I just mean I behaved in ways that I could imagine future rules outlawing, but those rules haven't been invented yet. So yeah, really not Stopping and starting, watching it uh, during the day. Yeah. I watched it during the day. I stopped and started. I started with the blinds closed and then opened them. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, my God. And at one point, I called a friend and made them watch it with me on FaceTime. So what? Whoa. <laughs> PJ, okay. There, wow. I now need to make a lot of rules. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm like... Rarely am I speechless, but I'm... Because you would have had such a different experience of this movie if you'd watched it all the way through at night with nobody there with you. And that should be the intention of this podcast. Here's what I'm willing to say. This, the first episode, is an unmitigated failure already. <laughs> We're five minutes. <laughs> 
So we're five minutes in and you have failed. Now, what my solemn promise to the audience is that because of these fuck-ups, PJ is going to get it together. And from now going forward, I think, Alex, you should just choose brutal movies. And you should just start sending him like like Ukrainian horror movies that like are just absolutely terrifying. Look, look, I would love to do that, but I know PJ and I have have worked together for 10 years and I know him well enough that in spite of the fact that we, we've already sold ads, <laughs> he will bail. Oh, if I'll I go I'll too definitely hard. bail. If I you go barely hard. got me on the hook right now. <laughs> I, I was like, literally, I was like, how could I get out of this? We've promised to do a bunch of episodes. How could I get out of this? Maybe we could just put something else out. Maybe maybe there's something that you don't know about that I know about that it could change to instead. Like, I was like really maybe trying. Maybe I can convince Alex to do something where I win. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so, but I, so I did find it scary. Uh, I found it scary. I was scared. Like, I was anticipating being scared of it. And then I found a lot of it. It was like it was it has a weird rhythm where the scary stuff does not happen for a long time. Yeah, the it, the tension by stopping and starting you really hurt yourself because I think what's wonderful because it's a William Friedkin movie and I think what's wonderful about it is structurally he's telling concurrent narratives through the first act of the movie where you're following both um the um uh, uh, is it it's Ellen Burstyn, right? Yes. Um, and Linda Blair and the like the the burgeoning possession of Reagan, and you're simultaneously following um, Father Karras through his life, and they are parallel. They don't meet for forty minutes, and you keep thinking they're going to meet. And I should just say, when I say pause, I mean like it wasn't like half an hour pause. It was like just like I kept going to the bathroom unnecessarily because I was scared. All right, well, wh- you got to let that tension build. Yeah, PJ, at what point? Because you're watching a movie at first that's just set up. At what point do you start to feel dread? Is it from the beginning because you know it's a scary movie? Or is there a moment that you are like, oh, fuck? I had a lot of oh, fuck. I mean, the first... I was scared from the title sequence. Uh, The first moment of, like, shit, shit, shit. Like, I was yelling at the TV a lot throughout. Um... The first moment was just like that. No, wait. The first moment was Iraq. That guy put his damn hand in a hole, and I thought it was going to crush him. I, I honestly am so scared watching scary movies that I can't tell if I'm being scared by things that aren't even supposed to be that scary. If you could like slow down your thought process while you're watching these movies and not be so anticipating the scariness, you'd enjoy them so uh-huh. much more. Because there are all these cues that tell you when things are going to happen. Which you'll start to pick up on and notice, you know, you'll start to see, oh, because not, it, it depends. Some movies are full of jump scares where it's like suddenly something's going to jump out and scare you. And then some movies like this are just like building towards terrifying, unsettling imagery or moments. Right. Well, and and that's what I actually appreciated about this movie is that it felt like it was kind of playing fair. It was like. The scary things are going to happen in the room with the kid. Like when right. the priest is like in his apartment, there's not going to be like a demon under the bed. Like it's kind of like you dread it and imagine what's going to happen when you get there. But I liked that that there were entire parts of the movie that just felt like you were watching a movie with characters and like decent writing and good acting and like 
I, I really liked that. Like, it, that's what felt safe about it. So, God, I sound like such a whip. <laughs> you do. It's yes, so interesting do. because the way you're approaching it is almost as if it's not a movie. It doesn't feel like a movie. Where you're like, you know, the parts where there were characters in scenes. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Yeah, you're describing a movie because you watched <laughs> a fucking movie, PJ. Like, you just. <laughs> it doesn't you're, it, it doesn't feel like a movie. It feels like you're watching a movie. And behind you, there's a guy with a baseball bat who's going to hit you four to six times really hard during the movie. And so, like, you're you're watching the movie kind of, but so much of my brain is just like, how bad is this going to be? And uh, and when's it going to be bad? And like, what if I told you if you watched the movie, if you just paid attention to the movie, those baseball bat hits wouldn't feel so hard because you will see the architecture. I have a hard time believing that because I feel like this is the only thing that's protecting me is like trying to get ahead of them. This is how I feel about COVID. This is literally how I feel. If I can outthink this thing, then I'll be safe. If yes. I can just if I can be smarter than this disease, but the movie's already been made. You're passive. You have no control. You have to cede control to the movie. The whole time I'm trying to I, I was like <sighs> Like, like one of the first things I did was I was like, oh, they're definitely going to kill off the mom. She's screwed. Uh, and, and, and not like normally I can actually predict movies decently well. I was so agitated that I was predicting like I like it didn't occur to me for a full hour that I wasn't watching a slasher movie. Like I was like, OK, they're going to kill everybody but the kid and maybe the priest. <laughs> and that's going to be at the very end. Like, so I did not watch his movie. So apart from the apart from the your your unbelievable anxiety at being anticipating being scared. Where was I actually? When scared? was the first moment you actually got scared? When she goes into the okay, so the, there's a scene really early on um, where so there's a scene early on where she talks about how there's like rats in the house, and you know the movie's called The Exorcist, <laughs> so you know it's not rats in the house. So astute. <laughs> And she's like complaining. Can't sneak one past PJ, so I bet there's not rats. <laughs> and she's she's complaining to her like large staff about like, and so you're like, okay, well they're setting you up to not like her because she's got like a staff, and she's like, didn't you get rid of the rats? And they're like, yeah, we got rid of the rats, and, and she doesn't believe them. And she goes into the attic where definitely the devil is hiding to look for these rats, and she's just like, nothing happens. Like she just walks around very slowly with a candle and then like her like butler groundskeeper guy pops up with a flashlight and he's like hey what are you doing up here i was really that i was very scared can, can i just say that i was watching it with can i just say pj both that, of my hands over my eyes you, to form you a actually diamond. missed the scary thing because you were you had your hands over your eyes what's the scary thing she, she's walking she has a she has a lighter right does she have a lighter or a candle? yeah she has a candle. candle. She has a candle. She's crawl. She's in the in the attic, and suddenly a massive flame leaps out of the candle. Did you miss? Oh, that? I did notice that. I just, I literally. <laughs> this is like I'm such a bad watcher. I was like, oh, her candle blew out. <laughs> oh my god! It's so funny. You're so busy trying to anticipate what's going to scare you. You're not present in watching the movie. Yes. And that's, I, in this instance, unfortunate only because this happens to be a terrific film. Like as a movie itself, this is a beautifully constructed, incredibly well-made movie. Right. And the point where I started to actually enjoy the movie as a movie was like, 
So there's multiple scenes where um, what's Linda Blair's character name? Reagan. 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 Like Reagan. Reagan. So they like sort of figure out that she's a demon and doesn't just have like. Then there's like a whole thing where she keeps talking to people and they're like, oh, she definitely has psychiatric problems. And it's like her head's fully turning around and she's speaking Latin and vomiting green stuff on people. I don't think this is like ADD or whatever. So, you know, the part where they're actually testing her to try and figure out what's going on with her. And they they like, oh, they so scary. And they and they and and like they they like they put something in one of in one of her veins and all this blood starts squirting out. She's like she's in the hospital yeah. on like a sort of CAT scan looking machine. It's not really a CAT scan machine, and they they're sedating her, and they like put a syringe into her neck, and then like put a line on the syringe, and it's just so bloody, and she looks so vulnerable, and, and like that was really scary because I felt like I thought she was going to kill everybody in that room. So two things about that particular scene. First is that when people describe. Uh, when there are all these descriptions of people fainting and going crazy at the screenings of the movie when it came out, it was primarily because of that scene, because of just the amount oh, of blood in it. And second of all, um, wait, just because it because there hadn't been what what was new about that scene that was it just was people... so bloody in such a realistic way the way the blood pumped with the heartbeat in the scene. Yeah, and then the but just to say that scene's not a scene where anything demonic is actually happening. Like it's just you're seeing a medical procedure. And the other that's thing is what's great about this movie, right? You know, that's what's great about this movie is it's priming you to be scared by the supernatural things by first scaring you with the medical, medical stuff, psychological, yep. and then supernatural. Huh? And the, it's like a tasting menu of fear. <laughs> it and the, eases you in because if it really had just started supernatural, you'd be like. Well, what did the, who cares? This is fake. This is, I don't even care what this is. But by pragmatically pursuing what a real person would do, first go to doctors, then go to therapists, then what What hope do we have left? Yeah, Chris Reagan's mom sort of plays the audience surrogate in this movie She of being like a skeptic, like a reasonably skeptical person who exhausts all other options. Um, but, but to me, she was an audience surrogate because I knew the movie was called The Exorcist. <laughs> but really, I was like, come on, get on my level. But the, the, like, I know what's going <laughs> on here. The other thing I read is apparently, at least according to the director, that scene was used in like medical schools to show people how to do it because it was so medically accurate. Oh, wow. Yeah. That medical stuff I loved. Both the fact that they made her go through two separate, very scary, strapped down medical procedures that were loud and she was having intense reactions to them. Those are all priming you for when she is strapped to the bed and convulsing and having similar, you know, it basically is, it's giving you this story that is making you understand like, oh, medical stuff can look like this. Like stuff in my life could be this, this. you know, it really, it starts to sow the seeds of doubt in terms of if it was just like, oh no, my daughter's possessed, quick call the exorcist at the end of act one. And and then the rest of the movie was them battling the demon. You'd be like, who fucking cares? What's insidious about this movie is that she pragmatically goes systematically mad. Her mother goes insane trying to figure it out and knows that what she's saying when she says, what about possession? What about exorcism? She says to Father Karras, you know? Yeah. And he's like, that's not been done in hundreds of years. He was like, you'd have to get a time machine to do that. Yeah. Okay, so I was scared in that. 
also there's just something about watching her mom watch her strapped down getting uh medically poked i hate like to be the effective. dad on the podcast which uh, but i can't help it because i'm the dad on this podcast <laughs> you're it, just the dad in life it really the whole movie to me just felt like an extended metaphor for not being able to protect your kids oh yeah so i bet i was watching it thinking about covid and all my friends who have young kids who are having to um teach them and who are struggling with it and to me, I was like, oh, this seems like it's a movie about um, wanting to kill your kids because they're really poorly behaved. And like <laughs> loving them, but them having like complicated behavioral problems where it's like, I love you, but you're acting like an insane person. Um, that's amazing. Yeah, that's incredible. I'm going to go ahead and say that every text is open to interpretation, but I don't agree with you on this one. I don't, I mean, that says a lot about what you think it must be like to have children. They don't know anything, and they're very poorly behaved. That, so, okay, the other thing that was interesting about watching this for me is that even though I found it really scary, there were scenes that I thought were really funny. Sometimes, like, while they were scaring me, like, it wasn't like, oh, this malfunctioned, and so I'm laughing, but, like, they were so over the top. Like, when she comes down and pees on the carpet, I thought it was really funny. I was like, that's just, it's such a weird, bold choice. I really, like, and I actually, I think that's some, fine. I think that's good. I actually really, that, that, see, that actually, the way that it starts with like, the way that the movie starts, where it feels like it could be some physiological problem with the kid, that grounds yeah. it for me. And rarely do you see a movie where like someone gradually falls apart like that. It's usually within the span, like The Shining, a movie that I love. Jack Jack Torrance goes crazy in the span of like 15 minutes. <laughs> like, Well, the other thing, cool. so I've, I've <clears throat> actually seen The Shining because I had to for a class. And the thing that the thing that I was thinking about with The Exorcist compared to The Shining is like The Shining, it goes crazy right away. And so it's sort of like the same as in comedy. It's like because they've already done something crazy, everything has to escalate way more. And so The Shining has to go to such an insane place to keep the momentum. And it was scarier with The Exorcist how – because they wait so long to show you their hand, you just don't know what you're going to see when they finally show you something. And then when it does get nuts, it's like really nuts. Well, that's what's that's what I like about this movie is like um, it's more like waiting uh, in Jaws. They don't show you the shark for over an hour. You know, you know the damage it's doing. You might get quick shots of something happening, but you don't see the shark. Right. For a very long time. You don't see the monster. And that makes it so much scarier. So to your point, you know you're seeing the exorcist. You know this little girl is going to, you might even know from cultural, you know, uh, uh, knowledge that her head spins around or she whatever, vomits, you know. All that stuff. A any of that stuff. But... The fact that they make you not only wait for it, but build like these, because I, I hadn't watched it in a while. So I'd forgotten all of the, how much time we spend with Father Karras and his mother and his, like all of those components of building who he is before they come together. Because once he's, once they engage and he starts in like investigating with Reagan, then it's like a, then it's like very quickly escalating very darkly so when i was watching it last night i started getting super nervous i watched it last night in preparation for this conversation i started getting super nervous i was like 
there's so much time you spend with Reagan in full-on demon mode where she's just like sitting around chatting. I was like, PJ's not going to be scared by this at all. I picked a oh. stinker. I enjoyed it. I found it scary. I was always worried. Okay, I just want to mark this moment. This feels like a real triumph. PJ found it scary slash enjoyed it. And I want you to tell me, I just, just go nuts. Tell me everything. I feel like I fucked up somehow by saying that. I did enjoy it though. I enjoyed it because uh, the type of horror that I'm used to hating the most is like you get a glimpse of something horrible and like you never see its eyes and it's like dashing through quarters or whatever. And I liked that you would just, they would go into the room where she she's like pretty quickly, they just like tie her to a bed because they realize she's a demon and she almost kills somebody with a, oh God, we got to talk about that scene. Oh boy. Um, but uh, so she's, so there's lots of scenes where they go in and they just kind of talk to her and she's talking to them in this like scary deep man devil voice. Um, and it kind of felt like, like if horror is all about like anticipation, then something being revealed, I felt like I was getting to see the thing. I was the thing that like goes bump in the night kind of clearly. Um, and then just like the things that <laughs> like, I had a lot of moments with her. There's all these scenes where someone will go into the room and she'll be kind of like weak and quiet. And then someone gets too close to her, whether it's like a psychiatrist or a priest or whatever. And she just goes into devil mode and she says incredibly profane things. Stick your cock up her ass, you motherfucking worthless cocksucker. Be silent. And I was both like afraid and I was like, that is hilarious. Like it's such an insane thing to do in a movie. You know what I mean? Sure. Oh, yeah. Especially for, and I believe Linda Blair at the time of this, making this movie, I believe is like 13 years old. Yeah, she's super young. She's like truly a child. And there's a great, that, and I'm so sorry, I'm not remembering the podcast that I listened to uh, about the making of this movie, but like Friedkin talked to, like was trying to find someone to play this part. Yeah. But it wasn't right. And he met um, Linda Blair and her mother and sat in a room with them and uh, was talking to the mother primarily. And then Linda Blair just started speaking on her own behalf and telling him about how she'd read the book that it was based on. And he said, wait, you read the book? And she said, yeah, I read the book. And then he started asking her if she understood, because I think at that time she was like 12 years old or something. Did you understand? And she showed such an understanding and a maturity for what the content of the book was that he was like, she can do this. She's so good in it. Like, she's so good. I think it's really like, of all, like there's special effects that like age well and don't age well or whatever, but just she's really good in a way that like kid actors aren't. And where particularly I would imagine in a horror movie, like she's just so convincingly possessed. Yeah. It's nuts. I, I don't know how you get that kind of performance out of someone. And like definitely they dub over the voice with an, another woman's voice. Who well I don't think it's a woman's voice. No, it is a woman. It is a that's it's actually they had a woman actress and the way that they got that is she would like drink bourbon and smoke cigarettes before she read her lines. And just reading about the movie, that's just like one of the ways that the production seemed really extreme. Like William Friedkin, the director, seems like he was kind of a lunatic. He is, yes. Um, In what way? Well, uh, 
let me count the ways he uh in order to get like legitimately scary reactions from the from the actors he would fire a gun when they were supposed to jump um the guy who plays uh who plays his father dyer who's the person who delivers the last rites when father karis falls out the window yeah he's an actual priest and he kept trying to deliver the last rites and wasn't doing a good job and so William Friedkin got up in his face and he was like, listen, do you trust me? And the guy said, yes. And then he slapped him as hard as he could across the face. And he said, really? And he was like, yeah, did you see the, the way I was shaking in that scene? Like, uh, that's because I was actually freaked the fuck out because someone just slapped me in the face. Yeah. He sounds like a terrible person. Yeah, he sounds awful. That's very, though, like, that's like, um, that's very old school, old Hollywood director kind of stuff. You know, like Hitchcock used to do stuff like that to actors and actresses like that in order to make them scared, he would. Or there was like famously like two actors who hated each other and he uh, in I think it's the 39 steps. And for part of the movie, they're handcuffed to each other. And during the entirety of the shoot, he would tell everybody, don't let them out of the handcuffs because I want them to annoy each other and be miserable when we're shooting. Don't let them free. So, so PJ, were there any parts where you were like, I absolutely can't go on like this has to, I like, I have to stop watching this. Um, no, no, no. The parts that were the most scary were, there's a scene, there were two scenes, they were all scenes that happened in the bedroom, you know, where Linda Blair's character, where Regan, Reagan's like locked up. Um, oh, the other thing I should, like, the other thing I should say is he decided that when she was possessed, you had to be able to see everybody's breath in the room. So what he did is he got this gigantic restaurant air conditioner and he would leave it on overnight. So they were all freezing the whole time they were shooting. Oh, that's not a special effect. No. Which I thought that special effect wouldn't have existed at the time, mm-hmm. and I loved that. I loved that 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 there were practical elements like that that were like that gave you real, it made you unsettled. It was so unsettling, and it didn't even there wasn't even like a logic to it. Like, why is the devil cold? It was just freaky and weird and freaky. Like it felt like a nightmare detail. Um. Um. Okay. So, so the one scene where she attacks, who is it that she had? She stabs somebody with a cross. Oh, she stabs, she stabs like a... herself in the vagina with a cross. Yes, yes. And then tries to force her mother to put her face in her bloody stabbed vagina. Correct. That freaked me out. And when you say it scared you, was it just like gross and hard to watch? Or was it like, what kind of fear are we talking here? Uh, I was yelling. I was yelping. Yelling what? Yelling, ah! yeah, do it. Lick it up. Yeah, get in there, mom. Come on. Like it was cheering like, her on? Not cheering her on. Uh, it was like Fuck. a mix of fear and shock. <laughs> I think I think Alex, I just broke Alex. <laughs> I, actually, I actually recorded myself watching the scene. Um, let me just play it for you. Something bad's going to happen. Something bad is going to happen. <laughs> this, this is me basically the whole movie. And then this is where it happens. Oh! Oh! 
admit, like, I'm a little jealous. Like, you, you get into a movie with, like, all of your emotions. It's like a full-body fear. It is a full-body fear. There's one Holy more. Holy shit. Holy shit! <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, my so I favorite felt it. part is something bad's gonna happen. Something bad's gonna happen. <laughs> it feels exactly like the movie. A lot of times felt like going up a roller coaster when you don't like roller coasters. Yes, and when done well, like this movie, it feels like you keep thinking, "Oh, I, I can. I we're about to crest and we're gonna go down," and instead you keep climbing. You know, and that's what I really love about like this era of like Hollywood, um, big, um, scary movies are really psychologically unsettling. The others that I would put in this category are Rosemary's Baby and The Omen, also movies that are about parents and children. Yeah. You know, and giving birth to either the Antichrist or a devil or any of those things. Mm -hmm. Those are all movies in which parents have to confront the fact that their child is some sort of threat to them, to others. And it's, it's so, it's so insidious because it's not like, Oh no, Freddy Krueger comes into my dreams and kills me when I'm asleep, which is great fun. And I love nightmare on Elm street, but like these, like the omen is so much more unsettling because it's like, what if the only answer to all of these problems was to have to kill your own child? Right. Jesus. Um, okay, PJ. Now is the time to ask you, uh, um, on a scale of one to 10, how scary was this movie? Now I would say a six. six. Now as opposed to when? Well, I I feel like as soon as it's over, it's kind of like pain. Like you kind of can't remember pain when it's after it's oh, happened. Like I, I say six now, but actually just listening to the audio of myself, I'm like, that was definitely like a seven and a half. Okay. So, okay. okay. I would say seven and a half, but I don't think it's going to linger in a bad way. Um, how On a scale of one to ten, how much did you like the movie? Uh like what does it mean to like a horror movie did you enjoy the experience of watching it (laughs) no no not at all interesting uh i enjoyed there were parts that i enjoyed i definitely enjoyed having finished it (laughs) (laughs) like in a way where it's like oh like after like 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 going on a run like you don't really like the run but like afterwards feels kind of good uh on the scale of a normal movie that i would voluntarily choose to watch like if it was on Netflix and it popped up, I would say I enjoyed it a two out of 10 on the scale of horror movies, which I don't know if they just like, I hate, I would say like a six and a half. And I don't think I've ever seen anything above that. I, the other thing that I did like about it though, actually, like maybe this gives it a point is, um, I was like, I was, I was having like a, you know, you have a day where you just like look at too many graphs Can you elaborate? (laughs) 
Oh, well, you so mean there's... like for for COVID and yeah. like what the, the quarantine, like what we're, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like public, current events, graphs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I was having one of those days and I was like, I don't know how to get my brain off of this. And for that two hours, like it really held my attention in a way that I think just like a movie that I liked probably wouldn't have. Huh. Okay. my brain was like, there's someone in the house who could kill you. Did I move the needle at all on you enjoying horror? Like, did I, did, did you watch like- one yeah, of, you can't, you can't have, Alex, you can't have done that in one episode. You definitely didn't do it you in can't. one episode. That's a question for the end of the series. Yeah. No, the needle is like, where he's it still was. Act, he's still, I mean, keep in mind, PJ is still reacting in a way that is trying to mitigate the results of horror movies. He's watching during the day. He's watching with people on the phone. He's stopping and starting. Like, he's still like like a little boy and looking through his fingers, not willing to commit. He's a commitment foe. So my challenge to you, PJ, <laughs> I don't know if that resonates with anybody else. <laughs> um, but my, my challenge to you in doing this, PJ, would be to take away those training wheels, to really watch these movies at night alone and record yourself because okay. that's i think what's that's that's how this podcast is going to work uh so uh the thing i'd like to do pj to clo close this out i think yeah oh no there was i had one more question for jason um what scare what scares the shit out of you here's here's actually here <clears throat> is a list of movies i have never seen nor will i see okay contagion Pandemic, mm. oh. outbreak. My fear center lies in germs and health and all that stuff. So the scariest thing to me is what is contained in those. I would never watch Contagion, you know, or what any of these pandemic, anything, any show or movie that shows, you know, and I'm talking, I'm, this is the true years ago when it came out, not related, unrelated to what's going on right now, because what's going on right now is to me the equivalent of somebody who is like, I know I've watched funny games a bunch of times, but now I'm getting home invaded. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> you know, like that's to me right now, we're experiencing my worst fear nightmare, which is pandemic. Do you think that you have this incredible and unmitigated fear? Because uh, I know this, maybe listeners know it, maybe they don't, that you have like a uh, severe allergy to eggs where if you eat them, you will basically die. I think that's probably true. I think from a very, very young age, I had such an understanding of my own mortality and the fact that it was so easily pierced. You know, um, I think most kids grow up feeling invulnerable and invincible mm -hmm. um, and that simple things can't kill them. And I think for me, it was always drilled into my head that not only can simple things kill you, the most ordinary of things, cookies that your friend's house, anything is means you're dead, done, RIP. So for me, health and the catastrophic, um, something catastrophic befalling me health-wise was always so much scarier than a guy in the woods with a knife. You know what I mean? Like, that's like what's really scary to me is a plate of cookies that looks delicious that I don't know who baked. Man, that's rough. 
that's rough. Um, but so then am I supposed to, like, to make it, you know, back to me, like... It's all about PJ. It's all about All me. about PJ. Does that mean that there's a category of horror movie? Like, does appreciating horror movies mean that there can still be a kind of horror movie that I'm like, oh, that's not for me? Or do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Totally. Uh, <laughs> um, like, I like these movies that I'm talking about. Like, I love The Exorcist or Rosemary's Baby. Again, remember, you're just watching a movie, PJ. You're just watching a movie. You know, the same way you watch comedies and dramas and what you don't like every type of comedy. You know what I mean? Like you you the ones you like are the ones you like. Yeah, but it doesn't if I don't like a drama or a comedy, it's not it's not because it's convincing my brain that I'm about to die. <laughs> I'm sorry. What makes you what makes you so important that you the movie is was made to kill you? Yeah, seriously. Oh, don't try to shame me into liking this. <laughs> seriously. <laughs> Also, PJ, go into it. If you go into if you if you can somehow shed yourself of this anticipation that it's going to be all out terror, you're going to enjoy it more because it really isn't like most movies aren't. If you if if I think I think as difficult a task as it will be to I'll follow all your fucking rules. Um I don't expect I don't I don't really expect at the end of this to like horror. Um but I wouldn't try to solve for the problem of um my apprehensive anxious disposition because I think it's a bigger harder problem. <laughs> um if the answer is like learn to be in the moment I think we're fucked. What I think is good about starting here is I think it's like um putting the lobster in in warm water and now you can really start turning the heat up like this is a safe way to start because it's a great movie and yes it's scary but it's i suspect it didn't like shatter you no i'm gonna sleep fine tonight i think probably i think okay which is a perfect place to end episode one this makes you really not look forward to episode (laughs) two After the break, we'll talk about what we're watching next. Okay, PJ, it's just you and me now. So, uh, first of all, congratulations on surviving The Exorcist. Thank you. What's What's my next? What movie do I have to watch? Um, uh, your next movie is the 1984 supernatural slasher film, Nightmare on Elm Street. Ah, shit. Why are you saying shit? What it, what is it about this in particular that makes you feel like oh no what have I done? I've just been you've already watched The Exorcist. I've been scared of Nightmare on Elm Street. The idea of that like I've I had nightmares about Freddy Krueger as a kid without seeing that movie. You know what I mean? There was like the Simpsons um, used to do these. Um, I'm sure they still do them, but they have these like every Halloween they have a Halloween episode, and a lot of times it's parodies of horror movies and the way I was exposed to a lot of horror movies was through Simpsons parodies and I found those episodes kind of unbearably scary and the Freddy Krueger episode at the time I found so frightening um the one with uh with Willie as Freddy Krueger yeah yeah they That's also really... spoof the shining but they keep calling it the shinning and then every time they say the shining it goes do you want to get sued <laughs> um, um, but I'm I, like I think I think in a weird way what I'm learning already is that I'm scared. It's not just that scary movies scare me. It's that I'm scared of being scared by scary movies, which is like another layer. And I think of 
of the movies that I'm most scared of being scared of are actually like 80s movies because those were the movies that were around when I was a kid that I didn't see. Huh. Well, one of the th- so so Nightmare on Elm Street like by the time that movie came out like Jason Voorhees was already a thing. He's the hockey Michael mask Myers one. was our Yes. Michael Myers was already a thing. He's the white Halloween. non-hockey mask one. Do you know that the Michael's My- Michael Myers mask is an inside-out William Shatner mask that they painted white? <laughs> no, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's why the hair's so funny. Yep. Huh. But, uh, but, like, the thing that I think resonates so much with people, or resonated with me, about, about Freddy, who I find infinitely scarier than the other ones, is that he only gets you when you are absolutely at your most vulnerable. When you're asleep. Which is when you're asleep. That's what I know. I and, know that he attacks you in your dreams, but for real. Um, but the but you, you know that movie was like such a crazy phenomenon that the that the production company that made it, New Line Cinema, they were like they'd been around since like the late '60s, and they were like languishing as a company. They'd never had like a hit movie or anything. And the only reason that 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 uh, studio exists today is because of the Nightmare on Elm Street. Huh. That's like how big a success it was. It's often called in the industry or in the industry press. In the horror the house biz? That, it, the house that Freddie built the, because... The house that Freddie built. Okay. Um, all right. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Well, good luck. I'll talk to you next episode. All right. See you next episode. Scaredy Cat's Horror Show is hosted by me, PJ Vote, and Alex Goldman. The episode was produced by Jessica Young and edited by Tim Howard with more help from Fia Bennett. We were mixed by Rick Kwan, fact-checking by Michelle Harris, our intern is Lisa Wang. Special thanks to Christina DeJosa, Patrick Bryce, Demi Adijuibe, and Gita Jackson. Our theme song is by Mariana Romano, and our closing theme is by Alex Goldman. Our cover art was made by Ali Moss. Jason Manzuka's podcast, How Did This Get Made, is hilarious. You should download it wherever you get your podcast. It's also about dissecting movies. Um, Don't forget to watch Nightmare on Elm Street in advance of our next episode. We'll be back in two weeks. You can catch new episodes early on Spotify on Tuesdays, and you can hear the show everywhere else on Fridays. Thanks for listening.